you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Hello. Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Seattle really had a great night. That was one of the reasons you go out as a fan to see the game, to see them win 20-17. to 17. But naturally, a lot of talk about, oh my God, the Eagles were 10-1 and 1 at one point. Mm. Jalen, what is going on? I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were we're all were uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. We have to um, we have to make a like a like internal change in how we attack things. Um, how we come to work every day. Um, you know, it starts with the little things, how committed we are to doing what we're doing. And it all starts with me, the quarterback. All right, so here is a look at the NFC playoff picture, Peter, as you walk us through the fact that there was a flip-flop that happened in the NFC East and the Cowboys find themselves on the left side of the screen again. Yeah, the Cowboys are now the team in the NFC. And what's interesting here, you're saying, well, how? Because they're split. These teams, okay, Eagles and Cowboys, as you see it right now, because of conference records and the shared opponents, it's going to change. There's a way deeper analytical reason why, and it'll change to next week. Because of that, the tiebreaker goes to the Cowboys right now. So whereas yesterday we're like, Cowboys lose to Buffalo. They squandered the opportunity to play at home. Uh, just like that, in 24 hours, they'd have two home games. Wow. You know, and that's how yeah. it goes. Uh, they're the two. The Eagles would be going on the road to Tampa, and if – it's the same Philly team we've seen this month. I'm not so sure that's a that's a that's a win. Mm. Three straight losses for Philadelphia. Sometimes the question is as simple as this. Jason, what's the problem? There's a lot going on in Philly. And I'll start with we we talked about it yesterday with Matt Patricia taking over the defense. And for a large part of that game, the defense looked better. They had red zone stops in the first half. And then they got to the final drive. In the final drive, they gave up 92 yards for a touchdown pass. And in the NFL, if you want to win games and close out, you got to be able to cover somebody man-to-man. And they attacked James Bradbury. But as you look at them playing that game last night, you're looking at Jalen Hurts, and we know he's dealing with a knee injury. He was sick. He scrambled around, and he ran the ball well when he did that. When it came time to throw the ball, it just wasn't there. There were opportunities where there were checkdowns, there were crossing routes. He's throwing the ball deep. It's intercepted by Julian Love. It's hard to put your finger on exactly what's going on with the passing game 
But as you look at this team, you're in week 15 and you switch to Matt Patricia as a defensive coordinator. Your quarterback, after losing three straight games, has now questioned the commitment of the football team. you got to start to wonder with this Philly team. They're in a storm, and are they going to be able to work their way out of it? Kyle brought up the 49ers earlier losing three straight games in the season and then being able to bounce back. They were also dealing with injuries at that point of the season and going through it. For this Eagles team, your guys are for the most part out there. Slay will be back soon, had the knee uh, procedure, but there's nobody coming. There's no help around the corner. But what I will say is I remember in 2018, I was playing for the New England Patriots. We lose two games in a row with a chance to win a division. We lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers and we lose to the Miami Dolphins on the Miami Miracle. And it seemed like we were down and out. We finished that season. We beat the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And the way you will look at it is the same way this Philadelphia Eagles schedule finishes up, where you're playing teams that don't have much to play for. And we got those wins and we got into the playoffs and then we got hot. For this Eagles team, it is all doom and gloom right now. The sky is completely fallen. You're 10-4. and four. You're not exactly where you sure. want to be, but you're 10-4. and four. You have a chance to still win your division if you finish out this season strong against three teams that you should be able to beat. And when I say should because when you've lost three straight games, there's no guarantee that you're going to beat the Giants at home and then beat Arizona and the Giants again. But if they can finish strong and get some type of rhythm going, because I did say the defense looked better last night. you got to be able to finish a game, but they have to figure out what's going on with Jalen Hurts' 17 giveaways this season mm. after after just eight last year, that's not going to cut it. They gave up 92 yards in the final two minutes to Drew Locke. Yeah. With the season, you know, with the home field in the line, the NFC East title on the line. Yeah. <laughs> you make a decision as rash or as brash. I shouldn't say rash. I'm sure there was a lot of months in the making of, and they know what they got yeah. with Sean Desai. When you make a decision like, we're a 10-3 and three division leading team and we're going to remove our defensive coordinator, that defense better deliver, or better, better show shine, signs of improvement there. They gave up four different third and tens last night. Mm. Um, Bradbury was cooked by Metcalf multiple times. Bradbury's a highly paid uh, defensive back on this team. Four different third and ten conversions for Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks. I sound like I'm being really patronizing and condescending to Drew Locke. I'm not. It's just that he hasn't started a game all season, and he wasn't their quarterback last year. And for two years, he's been waiting on the bench, and he comes in and he gashes this Eagles defense. Mm -hmm. You can't have it happen. You can't. And when the team needed him most, yes, the defense looked improved in the second and third quarter. Defense was invisible in this drive. You know, they talk about the pass rush and how important the pass rush is. And, you know, last year it was everybody and it was Reddick coming off the edge. You know, pass rush was invisible last yeah. night in the second half. And in the fourth quarter, I, you know, I'd love to give Jalen Carter the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. And I'd love to say that, you know, this guy, you know, Hassan Reddick is still the best pass rusher in the division and all that stuff. There wasn't that pass rush when they needed it. So mm -hmm. the Matt Patricia decision is such a bold decision to make for a team this late in the season, for a team that is this good. When you're ten, that you can't give up 92 yards in two minutes. This is a, this is a shame. They put Sean Desai up in the box. The cameras are showing him. It's like yeah, he's on special projects now. What's his title? Yeah. I have no idea. Like just. It, Maybe Sean decide didn't need a camera in his face the night after. Yeah. You say um, bold, Peter. I also would say desperate. Did desperate. it sound? Did it feel desperate? Oh, one hundred percent. This late in the season. Well, you've watched the defense the last few yeah. weeks. One hundred percent is desperate. And even for Matt Patricia, like you think about it. Last year, you're with the Patriots, and you're asked to coach offense. Now here it is, week fifteen <laughs> in the season. You're asked to come become the defensive coordinator for a defense that you didn't install. So for him, it's not doing him any favors Remember either. last year, they had Jonathan Gannon, and they brought in Fangio for like <laughs> yeah. that Super Bowl, and it was like, 
weird. Rick Fangio is going to be the guy. Jonathan Gannon gets the job at the Cardinals, does the pew, 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 and everyone mocks him and says, oh, what a clown. They can use Jonathan Gannon right now. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon's defense plays every week. Um, I'll just say this. The Eagles, it, it does feel like it's desperation time. I've got friends, like we all live in this, I've got guys like my buddy Tony, Colin, uh, Larry, all my buddies who are Eagles fans are freaking out. You'll know what your team is. You got the Giants twice yeah. and the Cardinals. You'll know by the time the playoffs start if you belong or not. But right now, it certainly is teetering the wrong way. Mm. Of course. Gannon, I mean, how about Steichen? Yeah. yeah. How do the Colts look right now? Yeah. They, they look good. Great. That's a big loss. I think what's frustrating for Eagles fans is there, there's not like the stock reason why you're mm. losing. Oh, we got riddled with injuries. We don't have this guy. We don't have that guy. You got guys. Like, you have all the guys. You just can't win. And honestly, like, success is, is a cruel bastard. It's very difficult. And there's a reason you lose the Super Bowl and don't go back historically. For me, honestly, like, you've enjoyed your, your singing and your podcasting and your sexiest manning and your I'm always on Twitter clowning about something. And you, you've earned that stuff. I, I'm dead serious. Like, those are the spoils of success. And you get money and you get opportunities and you get people clicking on you. But your team isn't good anymore. So now it looks ridiculous. It really does. I want to just get back to kicking ass and blocking and tackling and like the stuff that you guys used to do, which is the reason you have singing opportunities and sexiest man. Like it starts with that. That's the foundation. That stuff's gone. And when the other stuff is there and you can't block anyone, you can't tackle anyone, you look like clowns and you lose three in a row. It's terrible. Jalen Hurts, probably the coolest guy in the league. If yeah. I were to do a cool power ranking of just how he carries himself and how he speaks like and how he plays, like I don't know if there's a cooler guy in the league. He's not playing well at all. And that's one thing. Like, he doesn't usually, he doesn't ever misspeak. He doesn't go to the, the, to the press conference and say something that blows people's hair back or raises people's eyebrows. That was not good. For the quarterback of the league to make his check and have his prestige to talk about the word commitment and questioning the guys who have it, including himself, that's a rare misstep. Like, that is... That's a pick six at the podium. He's not playing well there. He's not playing well here. So you got a few weeks, like Jason said. You don't have the playoffs tomorrow. You got all the players. You have the coach you think you are going to bring in the Super Bowl. Can you just, like, shut the bleep up and get up and ball out and just wake up? Because they're asleep right now. They're flat. They're, 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 they're helpless. They just look like nothing like I recognized from a month ago. And I think it starts with the number one quarterback who – Right now, I don't recognize. So having been assigned to the Colts and Steelers game last week, production meeting with Gardner Minshew went as follows. We asked him, what are some things that he learned about his time in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts? And he answered the question, that guy is as cool of a competitor as I have ever been around. And he doesn't use the term cool the way you are, which is wildly applicable. It was about when faced with adversity, yeah. when faced mm. with issues in a locker room and amongst a team, you cannot find a better leader. He learned a lot about Gardner Minshew, the veteran, from Jalen about how to be an impeccable leader. And now we're seeing Jalen Hurts with his back up against the wall, answering questions using words like commitment, but then doesn't want to put the definition on what commitment means. Really interesting headline, I thought, from the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning. Did Nick Sirianni rearrange the wrong set of deck chairs after mm. offense flutters in loss to the Seahawks? Seattle doesn't have a good defense. They're like a bottom four defensive okay. team in the NFL. Without Witherspoon, without Jamal Adams last Exactly. Time. And so we're all focused on, I can't believe these changes didn't take defensively with Matt Patricia. What's the offense doing? I mean, it's the, the joke used to be, I can't believe those Eagles lost to the Jets. I can't believe the Eagles have lost three straight and the nature in which they've lost those games mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. 
Mike Garofolo, good morning to you. Uh, still a lot to unpack. Uh, we know you know the Philadelphia market as well. We yep. know you could get in on this conversation, but where would you like to take us this morning? Uh, to the injury roundup, Jamie, because uh, we're short on time. We've got to get to these injuries. So let's go right to Jamar Chase, the Bengals wide receiver. Uh, we told you the other day that he had an AC joint sprain, sometimes called a separation. It's the same injury. Uh, it's an injury to that shoulder that he suffered in that game against the Vikings. And Ian Rappaport reporting that he's going to miss some time here because these AC joint injuries, and Zach Taylor did refer to Chase's day-to-day. Sometimes you can play through it if you get an injection uh, to numb the pain, but it seems like it's an uphill battle for Chase to play against the Steelers on Saturday. Bengals are not going to rule him out uh, and see how he does as the week goes on. But as of right now, it looks like Chase might wind up missing some time after getting that MRI on Monday. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the the Jaguars quarterback who suffered a concussion late in the game against the Ravens, entered the protocol after taking a hit on one of those uh, scrambles against Baltimore. Doug Peterson saying, I can't predict head injuries. None of us can really predict head injuries. So we're just going to have to see how Lawrence develops throughout the week if he can clear protocol in time to start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, We shall see what happens with Lawrence when the Jaguars return to the field on Wednesday. Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs running back. He had that shoulder cleanup recently, missed the last two games. Andy Reid saying that Pacheco is good to go this week. So the expectation is that the Chiefs will get their physical runner back for the Christmas Day game against The Raiders, yes, Christmas Day when a big old jolly guy in red with legendary facial hair shows up. Also, Santa Claus as well. See, that's an Andy Reid joke. Good, Mike Garofalo. Andy Reid. Isaiah Pacheco return in time to maybe get an angry runs, Nam. Uh, (laughs) uh, Very good. Great job, Mike. Sugar plums. Sugar plums dancing (laughs) in your dreams. Like a bowl full of jelly. Welcome back to the show. Three-time Super Bowl champion, our NFL Network front office analyst. Let's welcome back onto the program, Mr. Scott Pioli. What up, Scott? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. The Eagles made a big move this week going to a guy that you know pretty well, Matt Patricia, handing him over defensive play calling duties. Buck and Aikman were trying to cipher through it. Well, still Desai is listed as defensive coordinator, but it's Matt Patricia's defense. That's a late-season move for a team that is rolling and going to the playoffs regardless of their record right now. What is your view on the decision, and do you see it as panic or a team that's trying to just get right before the January season begins? You know, Peter, I tell you, you know, I worked with Nick Sirianni, too, and I don't see him as a person who is much about panic. However, I think they're right on the cusp of that. All of you this morning have been using words about teetering on the edge of desperate, about it being a bold move. Yes, it was all of those things, but I think they are right on that edge that's very dangerous right now. Now, Nick came out and said exactly what he felt. The defense wasn't performing well enough. He wasn't happy with it. It wasn't good enough. So he made a change. And in certain organizations, they see things like this as if a player's not performing, a player gets benched or sometimes a player gets cut. Now, Sean Desai hasn't been cut. He has been benched. It's a very awkward dynamic. It makes things uncomfortable in the office. But Jason, you know this. If you are a good organization and you do things well, when there's pressure like this, yeah, there's things that affect you inside, internally. But what you have to do is take it, silo it, make sure that you stay in control of the things that you control and do your job. But right now, the way that the Eagles season is going and the way that they're reacting emotionally to certain things, there is a definite need for concern. 
Meanwhile, with the Bills, Scott, it's never boring, is it? It's, it's, al- it's always something, including <laughs> now. They've been through a very interesting, unusual last few weeks. And yet, while their record isn't great, they look like they might be a top three team in the NFL right now as we sit here. What are you seeing from the Buffalo Bills, the team, the organization right now as they're trying to get into the playoffs? You know, Kyle, I think what I see is a team that's done a real good job to steady the ship. You know, there's been a lot of issues and stuff that's come up and made Sean McDermott's job very difficult. And this is where the partnership comes into play. I think Brandon Bean had to show confidence in Sean, in their partnership. Sean, you know, during moments like this and the team is struggling and there's all the outside noise, what you need sometimes more than anything is a good, reliable, trusting partner. So right now what I've actually watched is not only is the team playing well, but watching how Sean and Brandon Bean have done a great job of staying together, keeping themselves in check because they know there's a bigger goal. And if they stabilize the ship, they can move forward. And again, sometimes those leadership roles, we don't know the half of what's coming across their desk and how difficult the day is. And sometimes all you need is someone to talk to that understands it's like a marriage. And then you can steady the ship and hopefully move towards new seas. What's been interesting, Scott, about this season in the NFL is we've virtually seen any team is untouchable. Everyone has faltered at some point. The (laughs) Eagles are now losers of three straights. Cowboys got thumped in Buffalo, you just mentioned. Yet the 49ers, they got their ship going in the right direction back in late October. They're dominant right now. If any team in the NFC wants to go get a Super Bowl, it's most likely going to have to go through San Francisco. Try and help the rest of the NFC. How do you beat the San Francisco 49ers? I got to tell you, Jamie, right now, while they're healthy, it's nearly impossible. They are so good right now on offense and defense. As we've seen and you mentioned, when they are healthy, they're nearly, nearly impossible to stop. You know, when you look at a team that's this dominant offensively, you want to take away what their best weapon is. The problem is these guys have way too many weapons. They're very reminiscent of the 2004 Indianapolis Colts. When the Colts had a 1,500-yard rusher, they had Edger, I mean Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Brandon Stokely all had over 1,000 yards receiving. Peyton Manning was the MVP. That's exactly what this team is on pace to do. They would be only the second team in NFL history to do it. And in our minds, when we were the Patriots and we were trying to stop them, there was two things. You got as physical as you could get at the line of scrimmage on the skilled players, but Kyle makes that nearly impossible because of all the movement, the shift, the motion. But the other thing that you do is sometimes your offense needs to be your best defense. We saw that similarly with the Buffalo Bills this past weekend when they kept the ball away from the Cowboys offense. They could never get in rhythm and do anything. So if you can dominate time of possession and run the ball, that's going to be your only chance against the San Francisco 49ers, I think. It's so much fun watching the 49ers and all of these teams down the stretch of the season, Mm. players stepping up, and it's the executives that bring these guys on board to do so. And, Scott, you have an article Mm. out right now where you give your top five candidates for executive of the year. Who are some of the names that we can see on the list possibly? Now, Jason, first of all, it's interesting because when you look at some of these people, and Nick Casario, Eric DaCosta, Chris Greer, Brad Holmes, and Howie Roseman, sometimes the work that you do as an executive or as a front office, because really that's what this award is about. It's not just about an individual. It's the front office. They don't always manifest themselves immediately. Sometimes it's a year and then the players start to ascend and the things come together. But you look at certain people in season. You look at Rick, Nick Casario right now. He's had a big splash with his top two draft picks. That has put him in the hunt. 
securing Laramie Tunsil, making sure that the team and the roster is set. You look at a guy like Brad Holmes, who had not only a terrific draft this year, but he's done it the last couple of years. That is starting to manifest itself into a team that is making a run. He's had a consistent, done a consistent job of having steady personnel moves. Then you look at a guy, again, you think about Eric DaCosta. Honestly, Eric DaCosta absolutely crushed it this offseason with under-the-radar, low-level, short-term veteran contracts to help build this team. So I hope everyone gets a chance to read the articles. It's a little bit of insight into how teams are built similarly, but also differently and can all be successful. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, our next guest is a leader both on and off the field. He's a playmaker and a life changer. Please give a warm welcome to the Browns 2023 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, Anthony Walker Jr. Yo, what up? Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. How y'all doing? All right, we're doing great, man. We appreciate you coming on after the big win. Uh, Anthony, your work off the field, it hasn't gone unnoticed in Cleveland, and everybody sees it. They celebrate it. On your off days, you're focusing on three main pillars in the community, youth football, education, and social justice. And you've done some amazing work as a network ambassador for the Brown Stay in the Game program. Can you tell us more about the work you've done and about the program and everything that you're passionate about off the field? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, being a, a being an NFL player is great, um, great opportunity, um, you know, to represent, you know, who I am, where I'm from and all that stuff on the field, but definitely off the field, um, you know, being, you know, like I said, just being that light off the field, my dad being huge in education and education playing a huge part um, in my development as a young man and, you know, my growth as a person, um, I want to be able to give that back. So uh, whether that's here in my community in uh, Cleveland or back home in Miami, um, you know, I try to do do my part um, as far as uh, getting the youth, um, the tools and resources that they need. Um, stay in the game gave, gave me a great opportunity to do that in Cleveland. Um, you know, as soon as they presented the idea to to us as a team, I knew I want, that's something that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, you know, just again, just playing that vital role of education and youth, um, understanding how the, how far that took me. Um, and how far that will take me after I'm done playing this game of football. And I understand that. So uh, my dad being uh, the person that he is, uh, being an educator, um, really instilling the importance of academics and, um, you know, showing up to school every day. Did, literally didn't let me miss a day of school growing up, um, you know, and how vital that played in my, uh, you know, my impact and my uh, development as a young man, um, it really helped me. So I try to get, you know, do that part and giving back. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that the Browns has give, have given me. It's incredible because you don't have to do that, but you do it anyway. One thing you do have to do is you have to tell us about Joe Flacco. We're so fired up about this. From the moment he gets off the couch, joins the team, starts, starts winning till now, what has this ride been like? Oh, man, Joe came in, cool, calm, and collective, man. I call him Smoking Joe. He literally, like, just <laughs> chill, you know, the same person – uh, good plays, bad plays, you know, like that we all grow through as NFL players. 
he never wavers. He never flinches. Same, you know, demeanor, same facial expression, throws a touchdown. I think the only time I seen him smile was when he threw the touchdown on third and one last week to uh, David Bell or fourth and one. Yep. Um, that was my first time seeing him smile. And uh, me and uh, my linebacker coach laughed about that because that's just how com- cool, calm, and collective that he is. So um, definitely we're, we're, we're happy to have him. Um, been that great steady hand that we need at that quarterback position. I love your story, too. Last year, you know, in September, here you are, starting linebacker. You tear your quad. You miss the rest of the season. You're gone a lot of the time during the offseason program. You're there mm-hmm. sort of in training camp. And yet when they name the captains of the team, there you are, team captain, despite not being there every single day and rehabbing on your own a lot of it. What's it been like to work your way all the way back and play a role on this, what could be a historic Browns team, knowing how far you've come since September of last year? Yeah, um, honestly, um, I had no idea that I'd be able to play the game of football again. Um, that was my first time ever having a major surgery, um, any surgery, but, you know, that it being a knee injury and, um, you know, having to deal with that. Um, I'm very thankful to my teammates, the training staff, the coaching staff, just being there for me every day. Um, you know, when I was getting when I had surgery, when I was out in L.A., you know, rehabbing and everything like that, they really kept me going because I was down in the dumps a lot of days. Um, you know, and I, but, um, they, they kept me going the right way. My family back at home, everybody, you know, praying for me and all that stuff. So I definitely do appreciate them. Um, but I knew that I I wanted to come back to Cleveland and, you know, kind of just finish the, finish the job, you know, um, you know, we, I thought we were trending in the right direction last year. Um, I think Kev does a great job of, you know, just getting us, getting us ready to play, getting us in the right, you know, putting us in the right direction. And then adding coach Schwartz just giving us that extra, that extra, uh, leadership motivation, um, that he brings, that firepower that he brings um, every day. So I knew I wanted to be a part of this team. Um, we, we we have such a long way to go. We understand that we're literally, we're trending in the right direction, but we're nowhere near where we think we can be or we want to be by the end of the season. So I think we're taking the steps in the right direction. Um, but I, I think there's another level that we can hit as a team. Anthony, you're awesome. As we uh, say goodbye to you, the winner of the 2023 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award will be announced in Las Vegas at NFL Honors February 8th. What would that feel like to hear your name called, walk across that stage and join elite company in the NFL? Yeah, like you said, elite company, um, you know, uh, brotherhood that, I mean, obviously playing in the NFL is great. And I, I, I always reiterate that it's a blessing. I'm very fortunate to be playing in the NFL at this elite level. Um, knowing um, obviously how hard it is to get to this level um, and how rare it is, how special it is. But um, when you get here, um, you know, doing things off the field, doing things in the community, leaving a legacy outside of just being a football player. Um, my dad always told me, you know, how important that is. So if I am able to get that award, it'll definitely be, um, you know, very special, surreal, um, because that's something that, you know, no one can ever take away from you. Um, you know, it's always good to get the on-field accolades and all that stuff, win the Super Bowl and everything. And I'm, you know, hoping that we're I'm walking across the stage with my uniform on because we're playing in the game. Um, but obviously that legacy off the field is huge. And, um, you know, you definitely want to be a part of that. I love it, man. Appreciate you coming in. And we're all rooting for you. And get back out there versus Houston this week, man. No, I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Schrager's Fabulous Five. It is where we tell you about the top five rookie performances of the week. Let's get things started right here. And we're starting out with number five. Browns cornerback Cameron Mitchell. Talk about it. Who's Cameron Mitchell? Well, it's fourth and two. Game on the line. A potential playoff seed in the works. And here is Cameron Mitchell, a rookie out of Northwestern with the play, arguably the season, for the Cleveland Browns. Take a listen. They're going to go for it on fourth and one. Play fake, Fields going to run, and he dives forward. Oh, I don't know. I think he's short. Tripped up on the edge by the rookie from Northwestern, Cameron Mitchell. It's the play of the season for the Browns. It saves the game. They end up going on. To win with the Njoku touchdown, of course, being the key play. Uh, Cameron Mitchell, a fifth-round pick out of Northwestern, second-year guy. Both he and Greg Newsom are both Northwestern corners playing for the Cleveland Browns, and both of these guys have been excellent for the team. Cameron Mitchell, we love seeing it. The Rook makes the big play. Let's get to the next one here. Number four. How about Chiefs wide receiver Rasheed Rice just keeping off the critics for a second Go on. this wide receiver's room. Had another big game for Kansas City. He is truly their number one wide receiver. And that one there, that's actually a touchdown pass from Jarek McKinnon, <laughs> if you see this. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Mahomes fantasy owners. That one didn't go to you. That one went to Jarek. Rasheed Rice, another <laughs> big performance in a big game that they needed. Now, the Chiefs are coming to this game. Losers are two straight, three of the last four. They get the win in this one. Look at Rasheed Rice uh, for the season here. Seven receiving touchdowns, okay? 32 catches. But here's what I wanted to show. Most yards after the catch, okay. all right? This is it. It's Tyreek and Rasheed Rice. I said 32 catches. What I want to say is 32 catches on just 38 targets in the last four games. Wow. Meaning he's averaging eight catches a game, but he's also not one of these guys who is dropping the ball and Mahomes is losing faith in. No, he's going to. 38 targets in the last four games. Rasheed Rice, second most yards after the catch. The Yak King of Kansas City. We love to see it. Chiefs wide receivers, they've been a big talking uh-huh. point on this show. Here's one who is actually stepping up. Second round pick at SMU. Speaking of wide receivers, we don't often put players that lost on this list, but Jordan Addison did nothing wrong on Saturday. Jason McCourty was on the call in this game. Jordan Addison was everywhere for Minnesota. Jordan Addison in this game, you go through the numbers, he was that dude for Minnesota Vikings. Yes, Justin Jefferson was on the field. Six targets, six receptions, five first downs, 111 receiving yards, and oh yeah, two touchdowns. You go through this. Right now, Addison, very quietly, is ninth in the league, uh, has nine receiving touchdowns. That's fourth in the league. What? You don't hear that much about Jordan Addison because of all the stuff that's going on with Dobbs and now we've got Mullins and, oh, the Vikings have been through such turmoil. This guy has been as consistent as it comes in a rookie season, only getting better and better. Did it while Jefferson was out. Did it while Jefferson was on the field in this game. He's got more receiving touchdowns through his first 14 games, nine, than Jordan Jefferson or Justin Jefferson had through his entire rookie season, which was seven. And that's looked at as one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. We see you, Jordan Addison. If I'm mixing up Jordan Jefferson and Je- Justin Jefferson, 
Jordan Jefferson is a really good LSU quarterback, if you remember. He was sure. Justin's brother. Like he was there. So it makes okay. sense. We're good. It's all the purple and yellow. I'm sorry. Yeah. LSU, we see Keep you. Keep going, baby. Okay. Woo! Come on, baby. Let's get to the finish line. It's week yeah. 16. Good luck with this name. Yeah. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. I like it. <laughs> Here he is, Aiden O'Connell. He's our number two. This is like feels like two years ago, but uh, Aiden O'Connell had his best game as a pro on Thursday night. Was all over the field in this game. He had 248 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. They threw another touchdown. Jacoby Myers had one. Five different receivers caught touchdowns in this game. Aiden threw to four different ones. Uh, Antonio Pierce, interim coach. Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback. I don't know. What does Antonio Pierce have to say about Aiden O'Connell? Take a listen. Aiden is a rookie. When I was a rookie and I played, I made mistakes. I had ugly games. And it's hard to play the position he plays. He's going to have rough days. And he had a rough day in the office last week. But you know what he did on Monday? His was the first one in the building. You know what he did yesterday? He's the last one in the building. He didn't leave. You know what I mean? He stayed there all day until he got it right. You know, he has a great opportunity, no different than me. And he's taking advantage of it. And tonight, he's on the winning side. I love it because there's, there's a symmetry there. Here's Antonio Pierce kind of fighting for his job. making sure, sure. Here's Aiden O'Connell. Fighting for his job. Day three rookie fighting for a spot also. Who knows next year what the Raiders do at quarterback. Aiden O'Connell putting his name on things. And yet the number one rookie of the Come week. Come on, baby. And I know Jackson Smith and Jigba had a good performance yeah. Come on, baby. Night, but I've got to go back to Saturday evening where Sam Laporta yep. continued on what is going to end up being one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen from the tight end position. Sam Laporta plays... Mm. Like, not only a veteran, but like a team leader out there. Sam Laporta, the rookie out of Iowa, absolutely fantastic. Five catches, 56 receiving yards. Yeah, great. Three touchdowns in a primetime must-have game. He has nine receiving touchdowns already this season. You're looking at the records right now. Gronk had 10. Mike Ditka had 12. Now, what's crazy is that he has nine receiving touchdowns for them right now, okay? He had five total receiving touchdowns his entire career at Iowa. (laughs) Had just five receiving touchdowns. He's got nine in his rookie year alone in the NFL. He's the third tight end in NFL history with already having 700 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in a rookie year. John Mackey, Mike Ditka, legends, the only others. Hell yes. Guys, this list is very different than usual. There is only one quarterback. Your thoughts quickly on Schrager's Fabulous Five for Week 15. Love the Sam Laporta experience. Hell yeah. Great, a red zone target, yes. big hands, soft hands. The NFL is easy. Jordan Addison, Jefferson said he was the quietest person he ever met at the beginning <laughs> of the season, and now he's opening up and it's fun that. to watch. Speaking of quiet, Rasheed Rice been Mahomes' most uh, loyal target recently. Hey. Go to look most consistent. Just hey. go to Rice. Rasheed go to Rice. Rice. Let's yeah. go. We saw Montana to Rice. We got Mahomes. Hey. Oh. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.